Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you. We've got this day in Oilers history coming up. It was a significant one back in, uh, what was it, 2012 when the deal got done? Yeah. Royal Pizza, 50 years in Edmonton. Edmonton owned and operated, still making it great. On now through October, Royal Pizza's been, uh, has got the combo special. Your choice of Greek or Caesar salad with garlic toast, two medium gourmet pizzas, and four anniversary cookies, all for 50 bucks. Pick that up at any of uh, Royal Pizza's 14 Edmonton and area locations. A couple nights ago, I uh, popped out to uh, Red Tail and uh, met... Uh, uh, some gentlemen, uh, John Winwick and uh, Chris Noble from ATB, along with uh, Stan Marple and our next guest, Ian Herbers. And they were smart enough, because they know me well, to invite me uh, to the 19th hole, but not invite me to golf. Ian, how are you doing? Uh, good, Bob. Thank you. You've golfed with me before, so that's that's why you didn't want me wrecking your guys' day. Is that Was that the deal? Well, it was just that fifth wheel. We couldn't fit you in. Red Tail wouldn't let us fly the fifth, so that was the only issue. Otherwise, uh, you would have been. Yeah, wrecking your day, because that's happened before at Red Tail. We've actually <laughs> golfed together a couple times out there. Hey, look, uh, you spent three years as an Oilers assistant coach. And I uh, just wrapped up, uh, you know, your return engagement. to the. We'll, we'll talk about the UVA in a second. I get a lot of people qu- question, well, did the Oilers do enough to help Yessa Pugliarvi? Uh, you were on that coaching staff for two of the three years that he's played as an Oiler. Um, do you think you guys spent a disproportionate amount of time with him uh, as opposed to other? Did you spend more time trying to help him, less time? What, what would your take be on how uh, Todd McClellan and Jay and uh, you know uh, Jimmy Johnson and yourself sort of handled the situation with Paul Yarvey? Well, obviously we spend time with all the players and want all the players to improve, but with Yessi, uh, especially for myself when he wasn't in games and in, and certain times during practice as well, we did a lot of extra stuff that he needed to work on and improve on the ice. Uh, and that's the same thing with uh, with uh, Woody and with uh, Jimmy Johnson as well. Uh, spend extra time with him on the ice working on things, going through video clips with him, showing them things in the game. Uh, Todd would even grab him once in a while as well and go through a few things with him, make sure he's understanding it. Uh, the process and what's expected of him, what he needs to do to keep working on his game. So it was a continuous thing throughout the, our time we were with him. Uh, was he an auditory listener? Was he a, a guy that had to be visually trained? Like, what did what was your experience in that regard? Well, we used everything. Obviously, talking to him, um, 
uh, drawing it on the board, uh, put going through the motions with him. So I actually physically doing what was required of that he needed to do. Uh, video, uh, showing him video on that as well. I know he was supposed to be that first year taking English classes. I don't know if he went or not, but that's the story that I was told uh, to help him with his English. But it, I never had any problems communicating with him on the ice or it didn't seem so he understood everything uh, and was able to form everything that i was asking him to do i mean there are some players that i mean uh, there the, was it sacra's wife that came to town and she actually went to the university to learn english yeah she took uh, an english course here at the u of a and came to was twice a week or three times a week uh got herself across the river i think she jumped on the lrt <laughs> um, got through her English class. She was one of the better English-speaking people, according to Reg. Uh, but she wanted to make sure her English was good and proper and everything else. So she spent that time uh, while he was on the road or at practice or at games or whatever the situation may be and making sure she was completing it. So uh, thoroughly embracing it. Uh, again, and you, I, you know, we've talked about this before off-air. I mean, there is an organization always has to have some acceptance of responsibility when a, a player fails to take off. Like I, I, a year ago this time, I still thought Paul Yarby was going to pop. And uh, it looks right now like he ain't going to pop here in Edmonton. So so that's why I had to ask you, because I'm under the impression that it's not like people didn't try working with the player uh, during his tenure as an oiler. No, I had a lot of time for Yessi. Uh, I felt the same way you did, Bob. I thought there's something there. I thought he was going to take off, and it, it just kept sputtering. Yeah. All right. Well, let's switch focus. Uh, you, you coached three years at the U of A after leaving the American Hockey League, where you were the head coach in Milwaukee. They offered you an extension, but you elected to come back and uh, coach uh, at the University of Alberta. Um, you, you came in in uh, 2012. You coached until 2015 until Todd uh, hired you on his staff. You went 119 and 19 in those three years. Uh, your final two years, you won it all. You won the national championship both years. Obviously, you've won the Canada West Championship all four years. You've been the head coach at the U of A. Um, now that you've had a, you're back at the U of A this past year. You guys lost in the final. You've had some time to decompress. How close were you to winning that game and winning another national title? Uh, well, anytime you're playing in that final game, you have a chance. Uh, a couple bad breaks for us, but that's part of the game, and we've got to find ways to get around it and find ways to get the win. Um, I thought we had a legitimate chance, and probably in a best of three or five or seven series, we beat them. Uh, they were the better team that game, at least for the first, for sure, of 10 minutes. They came out flying, buzzing, had something to prove from the year before. Um, and we knew they were coming out, but we were just a little bit tentative, sat back maybe a little bit on that part. Um, for us, uh, I thought we had a fantastic year. We came a long way from the start of the year. Obviously, the development of our players and guys that have moved on to play pro and signed different pro deals is fantastic. Uh, but for me, we never got into that swing that we were in my second and third year when I was with mm. the Bears, where we could roll and, and dictate games. Uh, too many times here this past season, things were maybe left up a little bit to chance and, and luck and stuff like that. And for us and the way we want to play in with our depth, we want to control and just be able to roll four lines, six D, uh, two goalies, being able to slide guys in and out if there's injuries and not lose a beat. 
you had a lot of injuries at the start of the year. You had a team that had won the national title the year before. Of course, UNB lost at home. They got upset by X. And then Alberta, uh, under Serge Lajoie, beat X in the national championship final. So you had a bunch of injuries. Uh, but you had one guy that had an incredible year, Luke Philp. And he ended up getting a deal with the Calgary Flames. But he was the guy, the guy that got hurt against New Brunswick. And in fairness, Ian, you lost him eight minutes into the game. Like the best yeah, player in the country. He was, we had that five-on-three right away, and he was our key piece on our five-on-three. Right, right. So, all righty. So he's gone. Uh, Jason Fram, who was voted the best defenseman in the country, has signed in, in the KHL uh, with uh, Cunnilan uh, Red Star. Uh, Brandon McGee has gone over. I don't know if he's going to end up playing full-time in the KHL or if he'll be in the VHL, but he's uh, he's over there. Uh, Zach Sachenko, your goaltender, who by his own admission had a tough start in that final. He lost 4-2 to New Brunswick. He probably would have liked to have had back two of the goals. Uh, he signed a, an AHL deal with the uh, a really good AHL deal with the San Jose Sharks organization. You uh, lost Graham Craig as well, so that's you know that's a couple forwards. Uh, it doesn't mention a couple graduating players as well that were really good players for the Edmonton Oil Kings, uh, and one of them, one of them won a Memorial Cup. Uh, you, you lost your captain, uh, Riley Kieser, as as well as uh, Stefan Legault, who the year before was the MVP of the University Cup. So you've lost four forwards by my count, two defensemen, and one goaltender. That's seven players minimum. You've recruited 14. Now, not all of them are going to be able to play this year, but are you going to be able to fit all these guys in yet? Yeah, we lost some guys also that have graduated that weren't in the press, but they've got good jobs here afterwards and decided not to play hockey or pursue hockey further. For example, Riley Keyser, which you mentioned and stuff. Um, so we will be able to fit in. We'll have a very competitive camp coming up here, which is a good thing. Uh, right now we only have one injury with Smith. Uh, who had his knee operate on the spring. So we're looking Christmas time, give or take. Uh, things are going well for him, so we'll, we won't rush him. We'll make sure he's healthy and 100%. So I like where we are. We were short at center last year, I thought. Uh, we really struggled at face-offs. We lacked size and some grit. Uh, and I think we brought in a combination of everything now, and I think we've got a very well-balanced group coming in this season. Well, you got Luke Smith to center. He's a right shot. He's six foot four. He's physical. But as you mentioned, he's out probably the first half of the year. Noah Phillip is the younger brother of Luke Phillip and Luke signing with the Flames, but completely different body type, Six foot three, 190 pounds. He's already played a couple games in the American Hockey League for the Flames organization. Is this a player that NHL teams, if you guys can work with him, if you can get him going here, uh, and you're one of the two programs in the country that has a full-time uh, athletic uh, trainer as well, uh, is this a guy that could be potentially be on the radar screen for an NHL contract down the road? I believe so. He's got the skill, he's got the size, and now it's just working on the quickness, consistency, and just keep developing all-around game. Um, he's going to get the opportunity to prove it. He'll get to play with some very good players. Um, probably be in center for sure. Might play a little bit wing, because as I told you, we recruited a number of centermen. Yeah. Uh, but right now, he's penciled in for playing center. Uh, we also have Butcher up the middle, who's another very strong guy on face-offs. Yeah, and, but, and he's uh, Chad Butcher was at a rookie camp. Ian, and a couple of those years, he was our best player at the rookie tournament uh, the one year. I remember he was a terrific former 100-point scorer. Uh, Josh Patterson, this is an interesting story. 19 years old. He still has another year of WHL eligibility. He's uh, had a 30-goal season already in the Western Hockey League. He elected not to play his 20-year-old uh, year in the WHL. It's a very s- sort of tricky situation for uh, U-sports programs because, of course, you've got to work and coexist with the Western Hockey League teams. What sort of transpired there? 
Um, we didn't even know. He registered at the U of A. Um, he had applied uh, at the end of the season or at some point before registration deadline. Um, and his agent gave me a call and said he'd be interested. Uh, and I said, well, obviously he's 19. He's got another overage year. It's best for him to go back, play in Portland, or if not happy there, you know, to get traded and, you know, maybe to the Oil Kings here in Edmonton. Um, he already had his deal, his package, his education was all set. He didn't need to play another year. And he just wanted to get moving on to his education side of it. So obviously we'll take a player of that skill and talent there. Uh, we talked to the guys in Portland, just let them know, give me a heads up. Obviously, Josh called them as well and let them know what was happening too. You got three former Medicine Hat Tigers uh, up front uh, that were prolific offensive players that are returning Golden Bears. Uh, Trevor Cox was a 100-point man in the dub. Uh, Stephen Howry had 88 points one year, Ian, and uh, Cole Sanford, who went to uh, the Oilers rookie tournament, uh, uh, is uh, in a 50 and 41 goal score in the WHL. Those guys are sort of be your key returning offensive players. Uh, yeah, they, uh, for us, we'll be, be able to spread it out and balance lines. Those two, Cox and Sanford, have spent a lot of time playing together. Right now, I'm looking at separating them. Uh, and Aury's even on a different line with some other players as well. So we do have that depth. We do have that choice of sliding them all back together because they know each other. Uh, Butcher played a little bit with them as well. Uh, and then we had Fisher that played with them, who will be another redshirt guy, and Fontaine. So out of those 14 guys you talked about us recruiting, two of them will be redshirting for the entire season. Yeah. Uh, so it's, they're unable to play any games at all for us. So when they so come we in, we do have options. We can slide guys, move guys up and around, and guys will decide and camp here uh, how hard their summers were, how hard they worked out. They'll get opportunities in games. They'll get on power play, penalty kill. I'll move line combinations around. Uh, D pairings around, and the guys will just decide where they play. You recruited five defensemen, three are right shot. Uh, a couple interesting projects. Uh, Braden Chisholm's a six, is he six seven or six eight defenseman? I've already had an NHL team call about him in the last couple days. Um, it, could he be a Corey Cross type or an Ian Herbers type? A guy that you know, you know, with some time and gets some time in the gym and continues to work on his quickness, might be able to play pro down the road. Yeah, he's been skating here, well, at least the last three summers or four summers and been working out with Joel Jackson, our strength conditioning guy, uh, very lean still. So somebody needs to put on a little bit more muscle, a little bit more power. Uh, he's been out here in the summertime with David Peltier, working on some of the skating with our guys, and he's he's not a bad skater. He's a good, strong skater for being that size, especially, and having that reach. Uh, so a lot of potential there. And that will be up to him to do those extra things on and off the ice, make sure he's pushing himself. Pushing, pushing himself. And as you know, in our practices, we push our guys so they get all the opportunities to improve. All right. Uh, would you agree you're starting the year with greater depth this year than you had last year? Well, for sure. Um, and, A, I guess part of that is we're healthy. Last year we had a number of our guys out, and we were struggling even to get a full lineup in last year. All right. Uh, when does training camp start for you, Ian? 26th, we got on ice testing. 27th, we're on the ice. All right. And are 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 these like if if a guy, you know, when when we were going to school, Ian, uh, if you were, there were kids that were you know midget C players in Edmonton that would try out for the Golden Bears and get cut in the first couple of days. Does that still happen? Like, is it still an open invitation? Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, or is it pretty? 
<laughs> do guys have a greater sense of things and recognize just how good the team is? And, and, and maybe you might, like, you tell me, is it open or not? Yes, for me, and it, it normally is. Anybody who's played midget, AAA, or higher, yeah. I've had two players contact me. Um, they haven't gotten back to me. One of the problems is, is once you find out you got to do a medical, your concussion testing, your anti-doping certificate, your physicals, um, well, and they just can't fit it into their schedule and stuff. So, and then plus the practices and tryouts and stuff like that. So. Well, but you can remember when you came out of the Western League in the late '80s, man. There would be like 150 guys trying out for the team back in the day. Yeah, yeah. No, there would be two or three different groups going on the ice and games and cut down, breakdown. Uh, so we don't have as many as that. Uh, in the past, we've had two to probably the most we've ever had, I think, in my time is five players come out and try out. Okay. Um, so it's totally cut It's totally cut back from what, the way it used to be in the late 1980s. So that's, a, that's good to know. Yeah, and we have, well, we've brought a, a, this year for sure, we have Jamon Cardinals on tryout right now, a fourth goalie for us. Uh, he helped us out a bit last year. Okay. Uh, he's worked with Dave Ratchin, so and he's, he did well when he came out to our practice and that. So he asked if he can come try out, and I gladly gave him a try out because he, he earned it over the season last year. But you did bring in Griffin Outhouse, who played for Dwayne Rolson last year in Victoria, and he's the number one goalie. Correct. Yeah, great stuff. Ian, we'll uh, touch base during the course of the season. Thanks for your time. Good. Thanks, Bob. Always a pleasure. You bet. That's Ian Herbers, former Edmonton Oilers player and coach, head coach of the U of A Golden Bears. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. They'll be the preseason number one this year. Uh, 150 at Edmonton, back with this day in Oilers history. And it was a haul of a day. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Thanks, Ryan. It is 152 in Edmonton. We're going to go to this day in Oilers history uh, with New West Travel. Ask about their Oilers Now hockey road trips to New York and Chicago. New York's almost sold out. Uh, that one's going to take place in October. Uh, the Chicago trip's a little bit later on in the season. The Oilers do actually go from New York to Chicago to open the year, but the Chicago trip with New West Travel is a separate uh, tr- uh, trip. Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. So Ryan Nugent Hopkins uh, in 2013 signed a uh, seven-year extension. It's just $6 million. What happened on this day back in 2012, oh, Brendan Escott? Yeah, the year before that Nugent Hopkins deal, Taylor Hall signed a seven-year, $42 million contract to stay here in Edmonton. He was coming off back-to-back 20 goal seasons in which he had 42 and then 53 points. Yeah. Well, it turned out to be, give Steve Tamalini credit. It's a good contract. Guy won the league MVP. Unfortunately, not for the Oilers, but, uh, well, that's a whole other story. 
Uh, you can uh, text us at 630-630. Jason from Sangudo says, Bob, why would I need my auntie's dope certificate to play at the University of Alberta? I can't even imagine you have to do all that. It's such a different world. Brendan, did you know, you'll find us, you, you played uh, midget AAA hockey, didn't you, back in the day? Or no, midget- I packed her in before that, believe okay. it or not. Okay, well, I, I remember there were there were kids in 1989 and 90 that had pl- the highest level they'd played at were midget C, and they're like, yeah, I'm trying out for the Bears. I'm like, you're what? Like their whole team are former WHL. At that time, it was two-thirds WHL and one-third AHL. But remember, there was only 14 or 16 Western Hockey League teams back then. Um, now, of course, uh, the U of A program is almost exclusively Western League. It's funny. There are guys in hockey that will tell you that the worst investment made is chasing every NCAA 22-year-old free agent that's out there. Remember Spencer Fu? Like, there were five or six teams going hard to get Spencer Fu. He's playing for uh, Red Star this year. Didn't work out for him. So he's over in the KHL, likely to play for China. Drake Kajula, you know, there were a lot of teams in on Drake Kajula. Serviceable NHL player. I'd argue a top nine player. Bad trade, by the way, by Shirelli uh, in the Brandon Manning trade. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys. I mean... The Oilers took a couple flyers on some boys from Boston last year. Think of the connection to some people that were in the organization at that time. And if you'd been at their rookie games in Calgary or Red Deer, you had your answer for you already as their ability to make a potential impact at the AHL level, let alone the NHL. Like if you're 23 or 24 playing in those games, unless you're coming off an injury, if you're not dominating. So there you have it. Uh, Brock Berlin. Well, is that the guy's name? Matt Berlin. Matt, why, why do you think, who's Brock Berlin? Is he a quarterback somewhere? That I'm not sure of. Oh, now I'm going to have to look it up at 158. Uh, anyhow, uh, Matt Berlin, out of the, he's a pretty good goalie? Absolutely. Uh, both in his mental makeup and out on the ice. So he'll be there, he'll probably, be, like Sean Burke's son, mm-hmm. Brendan Burke, is still at the U of A, they, and then they bring in outhouse. So they got two guys that were number one goalies in Major Junior. Yeah. Um, so they're going to be uh, deep, deep, deep. Uh, what's Dave Campbell got coming up tonight on inside? We got an Eskimo game tomorrow night, by the way. The Eskimos and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You getting stoked for that one, Jack? Pumped up? Absolutely. It's going to be a barn burner. We'll see how Strevler does at the helm of that team, but historically he's done pretty good. Um, but tonight with Dave on Inside Sports, it's the third installment of their How We Watch series, and they're featuring director of the game presentation, former director of game presentation for the Oilers, Rich Myers, oh. talking about uh, how... He's a terrific the, guy. Yeah, I bet, and, and how the fan experience has changed uh, as we watch. Scott Moore was on it not too long ago, so it's been an interesting series there. Yeah, he's going back to... I, I think he's... Is he back? in uh, Michigan now? I think he's from Grand Rapids. I uh, went to work back for a company there. Tomorrow in Oilers now, the highballer, Greg Nolan. Just leave it at that. Morley Scott will preview the Eskimos game. Well, that's some hockey talk, too. Don't worry. Up next, the news, weather, traffic update with Kerry McCarthy, followed by the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News with Jalen Ice. So long, everybody, from Oilers now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.